0: NBA Top Shot is changing for now it's been a while since my last episode and there's been two changes that could represent pretty seismic shifts in the NBA Top Shot ecosystem or maybe they don't really mean anything long term at all We're going to talk about those two today, plus with the NBA playoffs officially starting this weekend, we're going to take a look at some players that could see their stock rising over the course of the playoffs. This is Top Shot for Dummy, Episode 4, The New Norm? Before we get into all that, I wanted to let you know that this episode is sponsored by Momentary Inc. If you've been thinking about getting that Tyler Hero mean mug tattoo, but you're not sure whether to get it on your neck or on your chest... Well, good news. You can test drive that tattoo idea and more with Momentary Ink. As the world's largest transient tattoo provider, Momentary Ink boasts a catalog of over 1,500 designs plus custom options and sizing with varying degrees of duration. Plus, these temporary tattoos look so good you might not even remember they're fake. Check them out at MomentaryInk.com and use the promo code DUMMY at checkout for 35% off. That's MomentaryInk.com promo code DUMMY for 35% off. So the first change I want to talk about with NBA Top Shot has to do with the availability and accessibility of packs. So when NBA Top Shot was first being introduced, uh, anyone could pretty much go on at any time and purchase a pack. And then when I joined in February and when there was a whole influx of new users, um, it kind of turned into almost a lottery system where you had to enter the line at a certain time, and then it was basically just luck of the draw, um, whether or not you were in the the top percentage that was able to have the chance at purchasing a pack. So we've seen a shift uh, starting really at the beginning of this month where Topshot has introduced what they're calling reservation packs. And this is sort of a step in the direction of of getting back to making packs readily available and accessible for people and specifically new users to purchase. So the way that these reservation packs work is that you can sign up um, usually over the course of about a week or so to reserve your opportunity at buying a pack essentially. And once you do that, then you have a window typically over a few days to join the queue like you would with a normal pack drop and purchase a pack. So that is sort of the same system that they've been doing for a while right well the difference with these is that everyone who signs up to reserve a pack is guaranteed to get a pack so there's not a limited number as there has been historically like when i first signed up it it took me three or four weeks to even get a pack because every single pack drop there were hundreds of thousands of people joining and sometimes only a few thousand packs would be available for purchase or, you know, maybe it would be a little bit higher percentage, but still very slim odds. Most of the times that I would actually be able to purchase a pack. So with this, uh, you can register, you can pre-register for this reservation pack. And then when the time comes, like I said, you normally have a window of a few days to actually join the queue. So it's not even something where The pack drop is at Friday at 5 p.m. and you have to be on right there to guarantee your spot. Um, As long as you join within the window that they set up in advance, you are guaranteed to be able to purchase a pack when your time comes. So this is something that Dapper Labs has been saying that they want to get back to for a long time, pretty much as long as I can remember and I've, I've been around, that they want to make it to where new users can pretty much purchase a pack whenever they want to. Because if you think about it, no one wants to sign up, you know, hear about this new product and get excited about it, create an account, and then not be able to purchase the product for weeks on end. So with these reservation packs, which have been happening about once a week, we are moving toward that, um, which I think is a really good thing for the, le- the reasons that I just laid out. Um, and one thing to point out these are only for the common packs, right? which are the nine packs. So this isn't for rare or legendary packs that you know can cost up to thousand dollars for those. Um, it's still kind of the same lottery system almost, but this is just a really good window for new users and people that are still kind of dipping their toes in the top shop market to be able to, buy a $9 pack, open it up, um, see what they get, and just kind of, it's a good entryway without having to just go to the market and kind of mess around there and, and buy and sell moments that way, because opening a pack is definitely the most fun part of this whole experiment. So, um, I would say if you maybe tried to join NBA Top Shot back in February or March and weren't even able to, which was also a thing, um, you know, now is a great time. You can you can join and really have access to purchasing a $9 pack um, as soon as you join. And actually, this next pack reservation, that their reservation pack that they're doing is exclusively for new users. So I think there's been three so far, three or four, and anyone has been able to do those. So I've gotten my $9 pack every time that they do, that they've done one of these, but the next one, which as long as you sign up before Wednesday, May 26th, um, you will have access to this one. And that is only for new users who've only purchased either zero or one packs to date. And I think it's great that Topshot is limiting at least this upcoming pack drop to only new users. And I hope it's something they implement again in the future because new users should have the opportunity to rip open a pack basically as soon as they join. I mean, that's the most fun thing about NBA Top Shot, but at the same time, we don't want to just continue flooding the marketplace with more of these common moments. Now at the top of the program, I teased that these two changes could possibly have long-term effects, or they could really mean nothing at all. I do think for this first one that I just mentioned about the reservation packs, I think this is here to stay. Now, whether it's that they use this reservation pack system forever, or they tweak it, modify it in the future, regardless, I think people will, moving forward, have the opportunity to essentially get a pack whenever they want to. Maybe not instantaneously, but they'll have the opportunity to reserve a pack and be guaranteed to get it as long as they're willing to pay 9 bucks. And I think this is a really good thing. I mean, I had... A couple of people at least that have told me that they signed up for Top Shot after hearing about it and then started to figure out how the pack drop system worked and that they weren't even guaranteed to get one and could have to wait who knows how long to do it. And then they logged out and didn't really ever think about Top Shot again. So I think if people can join the platform, see that right away they can reserve a pack and it will. You know, essentially hit their account a, a week later or, or whenever the, the drop is, then that provides a lot of incentive to stick around. Um, it's very exciting to open a pack. And I think you know, just the quicker that people can be exposed to that experience, the more likely they will be to stick around. So long term, totally makes sense why Dapper Labs want to do this and why they've been saying for a long time that this is a goal. So the second change in the Top Shot world is that pack drops may not be profitable anymore, or at least there's no guarantee that they will be. Now, I feel the need almost to issue an apology or at least a PSA because I've told so many people that with the way Top Shot works, if you don't want to invest a ton of money, take on a ton of risk, if you just wait for pack drops and basically purchase any pack that you're able to get your hands on, there's essentially no way to lose money, which used to be the case because you saw it with the common packs, there'd be $9. On average, the low ask would be 4 or $5 per moment. So you're looking at $12 to $15 that you could make if you were just interested in flipping them, didn't really want to collect or, or take on the risk of holding them. And then you typically saw that value increase even more and more the more expensive the pack. So for some of these rare pack drops, you might pay $100, $150, $200 for them, but your most valuable moment in that pack could go for several hundred or even several thousand. Um, so there's a lot of thought that this is just not the case anymore. And it really surfaced with a rare pack drop that happened a couple weeks ago. It was called the Throwdowns Pack, which featured one rare moment, which was a throwdown. So it was one of the kind of highlight reel dunks from this season so far, and then five common moments. So it was $150, and there was speculation right when the moments were announced that it could be negative expected value. And a lot of this was because of the list of players that were included with the throwdowns. So you did have your Anthony Edwards Ja, Zion, Embiid, but there were a lot of Caleb Martins, Terrence Davis, Will Barton, those players of the world that aren't necessarily your elite, well-known NBA players. So because of that, the thought was, unless you got one of those, uh, maybe half a dozen or so really elite players that were included in this pack, you very well could end up with uh, a pack that was negative value. And I did sign up for this pack and purchased it. And I was one of the people that got burned pretty badly from it. Um, so my throwdown player was Chimezi Matu. And then I got five, just okay commons, uh, nothing really to write home about. So that was $150. And, um, if you take the collective low asks of the six moments that I had in that pack, It's really only worth about half of what I paid for it. So this pack drop essentially set off widespread panic where people are wondering, you know, is this the new norm where you could strike it big in a pack drop, let's say you get some superstar players and and some really good serial numbers, but you could also get a bunch of duds and not even break even or come close to breaking even. And the average collector probably won't break even. And I think there are a couple things at play here. Uh, First, I think specifically this Throwdowns pack drop, which is the one that set this whole thing off, I think this was just tremendously overpriced. There were lots of moments involved, and there was was a true lack of superstar talent, which I mentioned earlier. And I think Topshop will take this into consideration and adjust moving forward. And I think they've already indicated that they... We'll do that because if you think about it, no one wants to have a similar experience to what they had this time around, where I would say the vast majority of people had a negative value. Um, The other thing at play here is that there are just so many moments uh, that are in circulation right now. And because of this, the going rates on the market are super low. So even with common packs, there's a really good chance that you won't be able to make money back. Uh, there's moments going for two or three dollars right now. So even that nine dollars, which seems like nothing, it used to pretty much be a guarantee, like I mentioned earlier, that if you were just interested in flipping, you could flip those no problem and net a few bucks out of it and maybe hang on to your favorite one of the three. But with moments going for two dollars, you might not be able to get a return on that. So if this stays the way it is right now and and moments keep being produced with really high circulation counts and we don't see a huge new influx of users then yes i think it might continue to be a bit of a gamble when you're signing up for a pack drop but long story short i think the verdict is still out i think there's a good chance that the throwdown's pack was kind of the extreme scenario and we won't ever see anything that that you know is that big of a risk moving forward. But in one sense, it would kind of make sense if this is the new norm. I mean, if you think about it, it's not sustainable for Top Shot to continue to release packs for set prices where people are pretty much guaranteed to be able to turn around and get, you know, five times value guaranteed for those, which is really what the packs used to be like. Um, I mean, if you think about just traditional trading cards, it wouldn't make sense at all for every time someone buys a pack of trading cards that they know that they're going to be able to sell them all within a few days for a huge return. So I think there has to be some element where people will collect purely because they like collecting and then buy, sell, trade, etc. when the time is right. But I think we are seeing a bit of a shift to that becoming really the the user that top shot is, is prioritizing and focusing on as opposed to the person that maybe got in, in, uh, you know, January and was able to make a ton of money off of just flipping these moments because they were going for crazy, crazy prices on the marketplace. And they were able to get them in packs for really a fraction of that cost. So I want to transition a bit now and talk a little bit about the NBA playoffs I will say, first and foremost, I am a basketball fan, followed by a Top Shot collector. So this is a great time of year. I look forward to it every year. And with Top Shot being relatively new, and this being, I guess, the second year that Top Shot has been around that's coincided with the playoffs, there has been a lot of buzz about potential marketing boosts during the playoffs and and different ways that the NBA and Top Shot alike will kind of partnered together to market uh, this product. So TBD, what really comes of that? But I do think there's there's a good chance that we could see individual players' values really rise or fall based on their performances in the playoffs, a lot more so than we do during the regular season because national TV, lots of eyes on each and every game. So I just wanted to go through a few players that I'm kind of looking at that I think could see a potential value boost, obviously, depending on their play during the playoffs. But I think these are just some guys to, to keep your eye on. I'm not saying go out and uh, buy up all the moments of these guys. But I think for various reasons, these guys could be uh, could be ones to keep your eye on as the playoffs get started. So the first one is Chris Paul. Um, just he is generally undervalued, in my opinion, on Top Shot. He's a surefire Hall of Famer. He's really probably doesn't have that much uh, playing time left in his career. And there's moments of his going for $3 on the marketplace, which I just think is criminally criminally low. So uh, the Suns no doubt have a tough first round matchup. Um, who knows if they'll even make it past the first round against the Lakers. But if they do win that series and uh, keep going a little bit and even in that first series since there will be a lot, a lot of eyes on that on that series if uh, chris paul plays well i think a lot of people will be just reminded of his talent and really that he is an, an all-time great and i could see there being a little bit of a spike with him knowing that his retirement is uh, you know probably coming relatively soon and i think people will want to want to snatch up as many moments of his as they can before that day comes Another one is Ja Morant, uh, also out of the West. So we've already gotten a glimpse of him in the play-in game, uh, play-in games, I should say, and that floater was cooking. Um, he looks to be locked in, and, and I think the Grizzlies are just going to be a really fun team to watch. Again, who knows if they even make it out of the first round. Uh, they're certainly not favored to, but but could be a sneaky upset team, and I think they'll really rise and fall on him and and also he just makes some electric plays out there so we could even get some some really good content out of the playoffs for top shot and then moving to the east um so here's kind of a dark horse but I did want to bring him up um Dante DiVincenzo from the Bucks if they do make a run and I I don't know how likely it is that they will get past the nets um but if if they do get on a little bit of a run I think It could be interesting um, given that he is obviously not a superstar on that team, but I think, you know, Giannis, who is really the superstar on that team, his top shot value is already really through the roof. So I think it's interesting to just look at kind of some role players on these teams and see who could have sort of the Tyler Hero effect of last year, where it's a guy that, you know, isn't super well-known outside of NBA circles. But could really catch fire and kind of make some iconic plays, um, like we saw Hero do in last year's playoffs. And if you watch DiVincenzo in college, uh, he obviously already had a huge game on a national stage in the national championship game for Villanova. So I think he's someone a little bit of a dark horse, but to keep your eye on if he really catches fire and the Bucks start making a run, um, his moments are about as cheap as it gets right now. So. Um, I think that could be someone to kind of capitalize on the playoff opportunity. And another one that is uh, in a similar boat is Emmanuel Quickly from the Knicks. Um, you know, the Knicks obviously have Julius Randle, who is kind of their, their do-it-all superstar, and then followed by R.J. Barrett, who gets a lot of love on Top Shot because he is a, a young player. Um, but Quickly is a rookie, and there was a lot of hype surrounding his Top Shot debut this year. Um, And I think people wanted to get as much stock of his as they could because they see a lot of potential there. But then that buzz has faded a little bit and he doesn't get a ton of playing time. I think in their last regular season game, he got between 15 and 20 minutes, but he's someone that if if he catches fire um, and he has, you know, maybe one big game, I think that's really all it could take, um, just already given the fact that he's a rookie and rookie moments do just have more inerrant value. Um, I think if he if he starts playing well and the Knicks start playing well, then he's someone that could definitely see a bump. And last but not least, we have Kyrie Irving, who's my my fifth guy to keep an eye on. Um, I think the Nets are the major favorite to win it all this year. That's really no secret. And of their big three, Kyrie is definitely the one that gets the least love on Top Shot. I think Kevin Durant is really um, yeah. already locked in as a as a superstar, and and Harden um, is not far behind. And and Kyrie is definitely in that tier as well. But I think maybe just because he has missed a lot of games this year, and um, for whatever reason, he's just not quite in that same level that Durant and even and even Harden is. And I think. With this team, you really just pick your guy who could who could go off any given night. And I think if Kyrie kind of takes over like he did the year that the Cavs won the whole thing, um, I think he's someone that uh, we could see a, a significant rise in the value of his moments. So one more note before we get out of here. While I was recording this podcast, it looks like we got our first taste of this NBA playoffs marketing plan. Uh, NBA Top Shot tweeted about an hour ago that for... Anyone who signs up for NBA Top Shot and purchases a moment in the marketplace by Saturday, May 29th at midnight gets up to a $50 credit back. So if you don't have a Top Shot account yet, go ahead and sign up, buy a moment. You can do it for $2 and it sounds like you can get up to $50 in credits. So happy playoffs, everyone. Uh, We'll talk to you again soon. And until then, download, subscribe, tell a friend. And above all, just don't, don't be a dummy.